Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. Hey, George, uh, can you do me a favor? Sure. I've got a Shoot. truckload of pork, and I need mm-hmm. it moved from New Jersey to Perth, Australia, and I need it in a hurry. Can you get that done for no, me? No, I can't, can't do it. Can't do it. I haven't slept since can Wednesday. What if I pay now? you double <laughs> and show you the funnest Australian movie I've ever seen? I suppose I could do it. Okay, good. For double. We yeah. watched Road Games from 1981. Uh, George, I assume you have not seen this movie before. Oh, no. I've seen this a bunch of times. Oh, crap. It's like, it's like one of my favorite movies. How about you, Travis? Was this your first time? Yes. Excellent. Uh, that was a joke. I obviously definitely obviously, never George, have never ever seen that. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Hey, uh, what <laughs> would you think, George? Uh, you got yourself into Australia for the first time on the show. Uh, there were some good things, and there were some some dated things. Um, all in all, it was okay. It was like a, I'm like I'm like fifty fifty on it. Hey, I'll take it. Uh, we'll have you up to about eighty nine by the end of the episode. All right. Now, Travis, Sounds this good. is your first trip to Australia in a while, probably. Uh, how's the weather down there? Uh, okay. Was the dubbing <laughs> was the dubbing up to snuff? Uh. Dubbing didn't bother me. No. Well, there wasn't there wasn't any post dubbing, so I would imagine. No. If the accents no, of certain people didn't bother you, this would probably be a pretty straightforward affair. No, there were plenty of other things bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't really the acting in this one. Well, we know Travis likes to hate every movie he watches, so uh, I don't like to hate every movie I watch. <laughs> every movie he watches for the first <laughs> <No>. time. <laughs> uh, every movie. Any that... movie that doesn't have nostalgia for him. No, any movie that is obscure and seven people have seen it and then it's being like put up here as if it's something that you need to see to move on through life and it's not good yeah that bothers me mm. but when it's a movie that was done way better by like three other people I'm not really sure why we're not watching the more mainstream versions of this movie well, it's Other Jamie that, Lee it, it Christmas. It falls into Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's only in it for like three minutes. So Yeah, that's one of the things I didn't like about <laughs> I, it. I thought it was a Jamie Lee Curtis movie, and it yeah. apparently is not. No, if you're, if you're coming to this movie to see Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, you're not going to see her much. You will for about uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, maybe. Tops. Yeah. Well, the movie Travis wanted to watch is not available in America, so we audible to Road Games. Thank you, James Cameron. For putting us uh, into <laughs> Australia see, a week earlier than planned, but that has nothing to do with it. Like I watched it with the, I was I was excited to watch it because I saw the trailer when Dan mentioned that this movie existed. I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then I saw mm. uh, on YouTube there was like a Quentin Tarantino and Jamie Lee Curtis talked about this movie, like more recently, and what it means. So I was like, oh, yeah, and all the montages and everything really made me want to watch this movie. Then I watched it. Didn't, didn't do it for you? I would rather watch the trailers. Travis, all right, so, uh, noted film expert, uh, smarter than Quentin Tarantino, <clears throat> doesn't like this movie. That's okay. No. I'm on Team Q with this one, although I wasn't aware that he was a fan. It doesn't surprise not me. not really sure though. if he was a fan, but I think I think he, but he's a film nerd. Like, the, this kind of movie <laughs> is a film, like, there's like seven guys that went to film school, and they're like, oh, it's it's Rear Window on, on the road. It's so special. And it's like, well, why don't you just watch a Rear Window? Like, it's just, Rear Window is Hitchcock. 
Rear Window is amazing. This is a fan of Hitchcock making a Rear Window on the road. Badly. But, like with, it's Jamie, not, but with Jamie but Lee with Curtis. Ja- yeah. Like, I, I get the guy is a huge fan of Hitchcock, and, and he wanted to pay homage, and he did a relatively okay job for a 70s movie, but there's this movie is so, like, 70s, even though it's 81, I think. Yeah. It's so 70s. It like, is dated, man. It's very 70s. I thought it when I was watching it. It's there's some. And I like Stacy Keach, and I, I, there was just, I could give you all my problems with it. Yeah, I was thinking, Dan, should we go through Travis's all of Travis's problems first, or no, I want to hear all the the stuff that I missed, or should we, should you try to fix them first? Well, Travis came tonight and chose violence, as we can see. <laughs> uh, you know, let's just talk about the movie a little bit because I'm sure there are people out there who have not seen it. We won't get too spoilery up front because this is going to fall on the more obscure spectrum, but it's available to stream everywhere, unlike the movie we'd originally scheduled, which is not available <laughs> right. to stream anywhere in this country, because anywhere. I assume just because James Cameron is too busy making Avatar movies to do a new master for True Lies, which is really weird. Which brings up something that I always say to everybody that makes fun of me for owning DVDs. Oh, like, no. Like, I No, not you guys, but I mean, like, I, when we did RoboCop, I went to... Uh, Best Buy, and I yeah. said, what happened to all your DVDs? Because you used to have a shit ton, and now yeah. you have like one row, and they're all 4K, and none of them were RoboCop. And he laughed at me, and he's like, oh, everybody streams now, everybody downloads it. I'm like, everything's digital. I said, but what if they don't have it? Like, I can walk into my room and grab Halloween off the rack if I want to watch Halloween TV version, if I want to watch Halloween theatrical, if I want to watch the, the new Sandman collaboration. I have it. I yeah. don't have to find it. The fact that we went to go find this movie that pretty much everybody loves. It's, it's a mainstream it's, it's a movie, classic, right? Classic Cameron movie. Why and Why can't we it get it? Exist. What's the real reason we can't know. get it? Do we know? I, I can speculate, but it could be that he's just pulling a Disney and, and like hoarding his stuff to make it perfect before he puts oh, it back out there. I don't okay. know. Like, you know how Disney, once they own Star Wars, anywhere yeah. you go to stream Star Wars or download it, it was like $80, and you had to get the whole trilogy. No, I don't know that, but I believe yeah. it, yeah. When you used to be able to get it for whatever. Right. So they're starting a corner. I don't normal, know what Cameron's doing, but it's the kind of movie that should be something I it's, could go on HBO Max and watch. But it isn't really the understand. only James Cameron movie that's missing from the mainstream streaming crowd and doesn't have a Blu-ray release. So right. it's like, it's super tricky to track down. It would be easy if we still had blockbusters hmm. to just pop down to your blockbuster. Well, I stopped at two thrift stores. Uh, Netflix discs probably has the DVD if we had discs from Netflix. Right. Mm. But yeah, back in the day when you had to, well, they still do that. I mean, we could, mail, we could have signed it. up a week ago knowing that this was not on streaming, but we all assumed that we could true lies it, and we could see it's not available on Netflix, and it's not available on any well even on the like, disc version on demand. I you could find the DVD, so I'm saying. Uh, but, but I stopped at a few thrift stores. I'm going to stop at a few more. We're going to watch this movie. Well, and that's the other but, the funny thing with your story is it's like yeah, you could totally grab it if you owned it, but then you didn't own it, and it's like well shoot, now we can't watch True Lies. Right. I do own it. I just don't know where it is. Yeah. So I mean, at least in streaming, you know right. where to look. I don't know. Yeah. It's all good. I understand the appeal of streaming. I too am a physical media collector uh because you know i want to watch stark raving dad every now and then uh for that nostalgic kick 
But we digress. Uh, See, Travis now having uh, exercised the demons that were implanted <laughs> into him by James Cameron and True Lies, we can now move on to Road Games, which is not True Lies by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Nor did I think it was. So, <laughs> George, right up front, yeah. movie starts with one of the most stylish kills in a movie that I can think of. Yeah. And the film centers around a murder, as mm-hmm. most Hitchcockian thrillers do. Mm-hmm. But the cinematography of that scene. Amazing. You got to admit, that kill is awesome. That whole scene is awesome. <laughs> I yeah. wish the whole movie was like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't sustain yeah. that for that long. That would have been a boring movie. It'd no. been one note. You know what it would have yeah, been? It would have been Jamie Lee Curtis making out with every guy she meets. One note. Mm, need a little more. No. I mean, cinematography-wise, and that uh, just the colors, the the shapes, the silhouettes, the tension. Like she's tuning that guitar, mm-hmm. and he's coming behind her with and a just like a dark no, with like, a guitar string. with a guitar string. Like that, love it. That scene made me go, okay, I know why I'm watching this because it's clearly an, uh, an Australian giallo. Yeah, uh, it, he's got the gloves. They're doing the whole killer POV. Like they're doing everything that we've learned. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, okay. And then that was the only time in the movie that all the attention was given to that kind of detail to where I was just like, oh, wow. Like, it seemed like two different movies. So I understand they were trying to set a tone, but it's almost like every time you show the killer, maybe you should have had that kind of tone. But they didn't. It was just kind of, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was vacation without okay. <laughs> Clark Griswold. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was waiting for him to go, Russ. Yeah, I loved, I loved the scene. I wish the dog's name was Russ. That would have been That would have been great. Because <laughs> um, the dog kind of resembled it. A little bit. Maybe a little bit. All right. Um, no, yeah, the scene was great. Like, you kind of, I mean, at least for me, I don't know if it's just like, just like my TV or whatever, but I couldn't tell who was strumming the guitar or tuning the guitar. I wasn't sure if it was the dude or the chick. And right. I was like, you know, like kind of like wondering... And like, well, they were showing enough, like, like eventually uh, body you shape saw you some body woman, shape, yeah. right? Eventually, um, and I think you saw only gloves in the bathroom, yes. right? So you don't really know, but that kind of like kind of pointed me towards the guys in the bathroom and the girls right. outside. I but I didn't know. Um, but then, but you're also when thinking, he comes out of the bath- Curtis too, right, exactly, right, exactly, right. right. And they got me there, and I'm, I'm, and after after the scene was over, I thought to myself, "They got me. Right. They got me. Just because you see, actually, you don't even see JLC. No, you don't know you who the know hitchhiker was, it. right? But you assume it is. And I said, "You found me assuming. You got me. Mm-hmm. You got me. And <laughs> if you're a Saturday Night Live fan, Casey Musgraves did a pretty good tribute to that scene just a few weeks ago. Yeah, I don't watch Saturday Night Live." Yeah, me neither. That's unintentional. She was just naked behind the guitar. Uh, but what's funny is I didn't even know that she was naked behind the guitar. I just kind of was fast forwarding because I don't listen to Casey Musgraves. But later the next well, day so they were was, like, controversy, controversy, Casey Musgraves naked on SNL. And I'm like, I, I didn't mean, even know. I mean, so was every member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. in the 90s. So whatever. On or, SNL, that would have been sweet. Not on SNL. Gym socks everywhere. That I, that I recall. Uh, now, George, have you ever seen yeah. Stacy Keach, the main actor in this movie? Um, he 
he looked familiar. Did you ever watch the show Titus? No. Back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Christopher Titus yeah. had a sitcom where Stacey Keach was the dad. That's where I first met him. He was yeah. the grumpy old, kind of the Red Foreman type character. Okay. Only like way worse. You know where I met him? I met him on, uh, uh, I think it was, was it Up in Smoke? One of the Cheech and Chong movies where he he was like a scientist growing the special pot and he inhaled the, <laughs> and he became, a, he became an iguana. That's all I remember. <laughs> like the all the pot that he kept blowing. Oh, the the pot smoke would turn you into a lizard, and he turned into a lizard by smoking the pot. But that's how I knew him. And then I knew him from was it not was it Hammer? What was the the cop show that he was on? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was called Hammer, something like that. And he, that was on for a while too. Well, he's just been around forever. This movie gives Stacy Keach an uninterrupted platform to just riff and act. And mm. I thought for sure Travis would be like, man, look at Stacy Keach acting his butt off. I think, I think he, no, I like him. You do, this. right? What? You do think that. I thought he was good. I, I don't, I don't think, uh, I had some issues with the dialogue when he was sitting, like when you watch a movie like cast away yeah. where, where Tom Hanks is playing off of a volleyball and he's basically the mm-hmm. only actor. That's basically what this is when he's behind the wheel. He's playing off the dog and a lot of, but it's, he's not as, I don't think the character was written as well as the character in Castaway. Hold on, hold okay. on, hold on. You mean to tell me that a movie made 15 years before Castaway, Castaway, which starred the best actor of a generation. Also, was good. who directed Castaway? I thought that was a Ron Howard movie. So from the year 2000, so a full 20 years, essentially later, okay. uh, starring Tom Hanks, directed right. by Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Okay. okay. Oh. You're telling me that a movie directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring the best actor of a generation, is better than the movie made for like $15 in I'm Australia? Not, I'm not comparing the two. I'm you just, just saying. You just did. You're bringing... You're bringing up acting, and I'm saying he wasn't given the dialogue that he probably could have put it to that level. I was trying to say that he was doing well with a bad script. I it wouldn't not call it a bad script. It was not a good script. Actually, Would you I, like to see Stacy Keach play off of a, a volleyball? Well, I saw him play off a dog. Okay. A dango. So, I mean, I like him. I, 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 the, the issue with the movie is kind of the characters that he interacts with throughout the movie. Like, I, he was fine, and I just, the acting was fine with him, but not many of the other people. And I, I had a big problem with the fact that he was going 1,600 miles across country, yet he kept running in the same five people. Yet sometimes they were passing him, and sometimes they were behind him. But then he saw him again up front, and the hitchhiker. That's the was whole conceit, man. On the side of the that road, that is an intentional then conceit. Then a thousand miles later, she's on the side of the road again. Like mm-hmm. it, none of it. It to to take from Dan's last week. It didn't flow. No, it sure didn't. The timing was off. It didn't flow. Like you're, to you're me, right. it was just like. Wait, she's there? And it was almost like I was watching a Looney Tunes cartoon. Like, she's no, there, exactly, and then she's there again. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt, but I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, I did. I did Like, the, the, old, the, the lady in the motorcycle. Like, all that. Yeah, it was everything, just, yeah. All it was those... almost like I wanted him to wake up from this horrible dream and realize that none of that happened. That's, that's where I was at. I love it because I, I don't, I've never been a trucker, but the guy has been a trucker for so long. It's almost like 
I mean, in this movie, these are all obviously the same people. They're the same cars. But when I'm, I imagine when you're a trucker, you see the same car all the time. Obviously, it's a different person, but it's the same type of right. person or the same type of car. Well, you know, that would make sense like, if they were you driving. Have, you have the like... motorcyclist. You have the people coming back from vacation. The guy towing the boat that doesn't know what he's doing. Like all of these idiots on the road that the mm-hmm. trucker sees every day. Only in this movie, they're all headed the same place, or they they keep running into each other because they're all because there's one road. I guess I don't know. Every time he ran into these people, I just I laughed because you know like the just married couple. You know how they played into it. You only see only them fans. twice. <laughs> yeah, you only see the you only see the the just married van twice. But um, it's funny how all these things. You know the guy with all the all the sports balls mm-hmm. in his car with with the alarm sticker, and then he shows up later with the alarm going off, and he can't like fix right. it. Like all of those things, they kind of like all played into the movie. And eventually, I I started trying to think of like all of the different cars that he saw and like how they would play into the pot the plot mm-hmm. because i knew that they would because this is like a stage play it's like a small world yeah kind of it's akin to being I, stuck on a ship because right. it is such a narrow roadway with so few stops and because it is supposed to juxtapose like this giant isolating road in the middle of a you know barren desert and on a small continent with the claustrophobia of being like the same five cars together on this journey. It's the same thing you see when you drive cross country and you keep running into that car and you're like, God, I just passed them an hour ago, but you know, we stopped for gas and now they've passed me again. So I got to pass them again. This stuff happens in real life, even on a crowded highway. Yeah, I know. But yeah. you didn't really stop that much. But it, like that wasn't explained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time really in your mind, okay, in your gotcha. mind, I'm making, I'm, <laughs> I'm making those assumptions, but the, movie's not showing me that yeah. fine yeah. what i'm saying is it it's not it's not uh it's, it, it's just it like you said it's it's bad it's it's bad i don't know if it's the editing I or think, whatever i don't know i don't think it's that i think it's kind of like the way um you know how we were talking about uh, in certain movies like there was there was two in particular, same director, Blues Brothers, American Werewolf. What's his name? Landis. Landis. Where like the people like get it on right away because it's a Landis right. timeline, right? And we don't really question it because yeah, it's Landis. He just made these people, you know, fall in love real quick, right. or not even fall in love, but get get with each other real quick because it's just that just fit the timeline. It's kind of like that where like. I don't know. I saw all these cars and I'm like, how did that car get in front of them? How's the hitchhiker here now? Like, it, I saw it and I was like, ah, frigate. Okay. Just watch the so movie. So I'm playing the part of George two years yeah, ago. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, so the- uh, In short, yes. Yeah. The budget for Castaway in the year 2000, approximately 90- Oh my God. 90 I'm not million, comparing the two movies, Dan. I don't dollars. care if it was made for a $400 million. <laughs> this movie is not that good. It's not the It's not the Hitchcock movie that we should be watching. It's just we're watching it because it's Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm not comparing Castaway to this movie quality-wise, script-wise, whatever. What I was saying was the acting uh, was not... The words were not giving to a good actor, and it shows. What happens when you give good words, a good script to a good actor, you get Castaway. When you give 
Eh, how, okay. how do you know Script. Dan wasn't gonna? How do you know Dan wasn't gonna say with inflation this movie was more expensive <laughs> to make than Castaway? Yeah, why do you presume the consequent there? Man? Yeah. Plus, I think when you're comparing the scripts of two movies, you're comparing two movies. I mean, I don't mean to split hairs, but that seems to be what we're doing a little bit. A little bit. So the score to this movie, right up front, you hit it pretty early in the movie, is mm-hmm. one of the weirder scores that I could think of. But it, after Fish Called Wanda, so much more successful for me as a listener. I was... I, I was going to ask you if it was terrible. I was going to ask you if you enjoyed it. <laughs> it sounds Damn, like it was... the British army is playing the rhythm part and the lead is just some guy on a harmonica. And it is so strange, but it like fits kind of the motif of like a heavy rumbling truck and then literally the guy just plays harmonica. That I'll, okay, sure. I don't know how I don't know Australian music in this era well enough to know like who ought to be doing the score mm-hmm. so sure i mean this is one of my first australian movies as well i've seen plenty since i saw this one the first time because this one made me go wow there's actually some stuff to mine here let's look at more australian cinema oz exploitation as they call it it turns mm. out there's like a whole subgenre of movies that came out between like 1974 and like 1985 or so there's a whole bunch low budget made by guerrilla filmmaker kind of stuff. You know, my jams, right? Like we all know, I don't care if your budget is high. I don't care if your script is perfect. I want to see passion when you make the darn movie. And this movie is shot like this guy thinks he is a an Oscar contender. His cinematography is fantastic. There's a scene when they stop for the night after the cops get on him about driving too far mm-hmm. within a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And literally, you could just have written that scene as they pull over for the night and they start the next day. And instead, you get like an eight-minute scene of just character development between Jamie Lee Curtis and Stacey Keach. And it's not character development like exposition that we need to understand the story. It's just character moments. It's just who they are as people it's the like the best waste of eight minutes in the movie because it is not advancing the plot really, but it is advancing the development of these characters and it's doing the thing that Friday the 13th part two does that Friday seven doesn't, right? It, it, mm. it like hooks you into who these characters are. I mean, the movie, if you break down the cast of characters, 12 characters, maybe, but these well, two, these two, you just like, you latch on to after that scene even if you weren't sure about the trucky as they call him early in the movie even if you didn't love the dingo i mean who didn't love the dingo right? i love the dingo the dingo's I, love the great. I, I agree with you dan so i, 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 I think that kind of stuff has to happen in this movie otherwise you don't care that she's kidnapped absolutely yeah you have to have that scene yeah, if necessary. you don't have a scene you don't have the movie yeah but it's so good. You it's have, well you shot. Have you could have just had where... them go to sleep, and then he could have... I mean, you could have sold it as he... You know, you could have made it more him, Stacey Keach-centric, and been like, oh, he is, he's really going to have to go after her because he feels a responsibility, or he knows that he's going to be suspected of this one too because he's suspected of the first one. Like, you didn't have to make us love Jamie Lee Curtis's character, and you didn't have to show us more of him. You could have functionally gotten through that scene with they pull over for the night, do they or don't they just leave that un 
unexplored, and then boom, next day she's on the road. You didn't have to make us love these characters. But the choice to do that in the way they did it, it shows a certain insight into what Richard Franklin, the, the guy that made the movie, he's operating on a level that I didn't expect out of a guy making his like third movie with no money in Australia where they don't even really make that many movies. I mean, the dude's doing the work in a way that I didn't expect hitting way above his pay grade. I agree. And then the, the subtle kind of nuanced way that she's like, Oh, I'm going to go excuse myself. Right. And it gets dark Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of action and it's shot. Like it's like a subtle tension, you know, it's not the guitar string tightening, but it's like, she's getting farther away. She's getting farther away. If you weren't paying attention, if you were like browsing on your phone and this scene's going on, you're not even going to catch that there's tension building because there is no score. You know, it's a pretty subtle, like she's getting farther away. She's getting more isolated. And then I felt it slaps you in the face with a lightning bolt, a literal lightning bolt. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, Oh shit danger. Right. But then to have the gall not to resolve it in that scene, but to let it keep playing. Like he's operating on a level that you don't expect out of this guy. And he it's, he's making a good watchable movie. That's not too violent, not too crass. Heck of a movie guys. I guess I had a PG certificate at one point. I don't know what the current release is. I assume it's R. side note. I'm going to look at what this is actually rated. Now that I think about it, it might be PG 13. I assume it's, R. I've got the British release. So it's 15. That doesn't really help my, <laughs> Is that how old you should be to watch it? Yeah, it's it's like the equivalent of a PG-13. But in England, you can have boobs yeah. in it. Like, significant mm. boobs. Because the British aren't all uptight about boobs. Word. I love how um, the character um, is listed in the, in the credits. Um, the guy driving the dark green van. Did you notice that? In the, in the credits, he's Smith or Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Smith or freaking Jones. Well, yeah. And the road, the the literal games that they're playing in the truck, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's fun to watch them inform the plot. Mm-hmm. It's a fun device. It's a fun device that they put in there to fill in the gaps without hitting you with too much exposition. There are all kinds of road games Hey-o. going on through the movie. Different, many different levels. Travis liked the uh, road ahead better in Parenthood. He didn't like this roadhead as much. He didn't find it as convincing. She makes me feel kind of funny. Like when we used to climb the rope in gym class. He's speechless. I wish you could see my face. This this should have been a video episode so you could see the dumb, goofy face I just made at Travis. <laughs> PG, guys. 80s PG. Really? Yeah. Awesome. That's surprising. So you can show some side boob as long as it's pressed against the guitar. Nice. This might be the leader for best boobs pressed against the guitar that we've seen this year and you love guitars Beautiful. i mean putting two of your favorite things together george yeah yeah it was like a, a fantasy although she wasn't a very good guitar player i have a feeling she was just borrowing his guitar while he got ready for what she thought was going to be right because you know why would he have a guitar string if she was the guitar player right Unless they were both guitar players, which I doubt because she didn't look like one or sound like one. When she was tuning the guitar, I literally, like, I could hear 
the note getting higher and i'm like okay yeah there it is and she keeps she going keeps I'm going like, oh, and you're just like oh <laughs> did you feel that too yeah I'm like, no, no that's it right there listening to people tune guitars <laughs> as a guitar player it gives me a certain kind of like ugh, anxiety feeling yeah same you know even something as simple as like the opening song to rent i don't know if you've ever seen rent george but He's tuning a guitar, and so he'll drop it down yep. from E to, like, you know, C, and then tune it back up, 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 as part of the song. Even mm-hmm. that makes me go, oh, like, oh. Hearing people tune guitars is not a thing I like to hear. Yeah. Although when it's done right, there's, like, a, a, there's like a weird satisfaction. Um, like, you know, you know, like, there's, like, internet video compilations of things that make you feel satisfied. Oh, sure. There's resolution you know I mean? when yeah. you hit the note. Yeah. Yeah, so check it out. I'm working at Guitar Center uh, on the weekend. And uh, I usually carry like a little polytune clip-on for when I tune a guitar because I just, you know, even though I can do it by ear, it's faster with the clip-on. Just clip it on, boom, 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 hand the guitar over to the customer and let them go, right? So <laughs> dude comes up to the counter and is like, can you tune this for me? And it's like an expensive guitar, right? And like, obviously like a, someone that's ready to buy an expensive guitar it's not my customer though it's the other dude's customer and he goes he's looking for the tuner and i was like you can i was like i have it right here like you can use mine he's like nah i'll just do it by ear and he tunes it by ear in like two seconds and perfectly and beautifully and like just perfect and hands the guitar back to him and i was like and i had that satisfaction moment it's almost in a, that moment. like a we're not worthy kind of moment. Like, whoa. Almost. Whoa. Almost. I was like, whoa. That was satisfying. I didn't mention it to him, but I should have. Like, damn. Dude, you can sure tune a guitar. Now, did you know Good the job. guy before this, or was this your first time? I've known him for a long time, but I've never seen him tune a guitar by ear before. Gotcha. So it wouldn't have been appropriate for you to walk up to him and be like, hey, pleased to meet you. No, <laughs> no. That's what it says on the side of the truck. For anyone who hasn't seen the movie yet, the the side of his his uh, semi yes, 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 only yes, meat yes. is spelled Pleased as in uh, the food, you. and it makes me Be- smile every time because it's a pig butchering another pig. Guys, foreshadowing. Oh shoot! I didn't even realize that. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. This movie's good. That's good. There's stuff in this movie. I like that. I did get the pleased to meet you though. I was like, aha, that's funny. But I didn't realize the pig on the side was a butcher butchering a pig. Operating on multiple levels, man. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, about it's halfway through the movie, the cops pull him over. Quid, our main character, played by Stacey Keach. And they point out that his name was on the motel register the night of the murder. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, anybody could have written my name. It's on the side of my truck, you know? And I'm like, well, that's, yep. that's a pretty... Uh, you know, a convenient way to, to establish, you know, the opposite of an alibi, right? Like why your name is on this book. If you go back and watch the beginning of the movie, he, the bad guy straight up like looks at his truck and then writes down his name. They actually cover their right. base pretty well with that. You don't expect that in a low budget movie all the time, but it's not a cop out. It's just, it's well written. No. And even before he got stopped by the cops, you have multiple instances where, you know, with the, you know, the, the dispatcher, uh, who's asking him, you know, whatever his number was, like two, nine or seven or something like that. And he's like, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's Pat Quid, or like his name, not his number, but like, you know, whatever. And, and he, 
Yeah, but and he says it in like a, you know, kind of like a regal way, like, you know, I'm not a tr- I'm just cuz I drive a truck, it doesn't mean I'm a trucker. I'm Patrick Quid, you know. <laughs> blah blah blah. He's and so then cool. You, He's a cool character. The, yeah, you see the door multiple times shut and it says like, you know, it says Pat Pat Quid like independent driver or whatever blah, blah blah so like he's obviously like his own businessman and like his name is out there so they made sure that his name was out there before the the pullover scene and then like you said you see the guy eye up his truck so boom so yeah they did a good job darling just because i drive a truck does not make me a truck driver over <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> right. I is mean, because he's on a radio. Line, it makes yeah. sense that he would drop the... But it's just... Man, right. what a character. So good. Stacy Keach, he's quickly becoming one of my favorites. This era of his work is so good. Uh, I watched another one recently called The New Centurions, where he plays like a, a new street cop. You know, he's in law school. He ends up deciding to be a cop. And then he decides to drop out of law school and just go full cop, right? Like, And... George okay. C. Scott's in it as his mentor. And the mm-hmm. guy that played Patton, a bunch of other, you know, great actor. Two awesome actors playing off each other in the mean streets of LA, in the like crime ridden set. Oh, guys. That's a cool flick. We probably will never watch it for the show. But if you're looking for a cop movie that doesn't feel like today's cop movies, that one is really, really good. Unless uh, we have another cop movie lined up but that is uh, not available to stream in the U.S., then maybe we'll watch that one. I mean, they made other cop movies later that were probably better. (laughs) Word. So I mentioned that this was uh, considered Ozploitation. At the time, it probably wasn't. At the time, it was probably just some fluky, weird movie out of Australia. But now looking back, Mm -hmm. we've got this era of independent filmmaking in Australia that are all better than they should be for their budgets and clever and odd to a time pl- a time frame that you wouldn't see these movies made the same way today even if you had the opportunity to make them you'd do different th- you know you'd be more fancy with it these are kind of ground level right. gritty movies the guy that made this movie richard franklin mm-hmm. made a sex comedy that was like a western then he made a movie okay. called phantasm that is essentially like a softcore porn anthology then he makes a film called Patrick. Uh, okay. And then he made this movie. Okay. I mean, imagine, like, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you have to check out Road Games and then realize that this is the guy's first real movie. And he comes out of the gate yeah, firing, man. it's very good. Now, that Patrick from 1978, let me tell you, where a guy is controlling people and things with his mind as a comatose patient in a bed, it's very odd. If you like goofy horror movies, You'll probably find a lot to like in that movie. It does not give you the indication that this movie is his next movie. And for Aaron, I got to give a shout out to Patrick Still Lives, the knockoff. But we were talking about uh, Quentin Tarantino. One of the reasons Quentin Tarantino is going to be a fan of this Road Games movie is the following movie that Richard Franklin gets tapped to do. And that is the legit sequel to the movie Psycho. George, did you know they made a a sequel to the movie Psycho? Uh, yeah, like Psycho 2, Psycho 3. Yeah, so Psycho 2 is directed by the guy that directed Road Games. It's made in America. Really? And Quentin Tarantino will swear to you that it is as good or better than the original Psycho. 
Okay. Now, I don't know. He might be being a little... He might be on drugs? Over the top. With okay. that. I mean, the, you could make the argument, though. It's a heck of a movie. It's not as good as okay. Psycho in terms of its influence, obviously. Because it comes right. out in the mid-80s after all this stuff has come out. But I dare say it's a worthy successor as far as sequels go. As far as part twos. It's a good part two to Psycho. And it brings back Anthony okay. Perkins. It brings back mystery and suspense. And it was made by an Australian director who'd previously done some softcore porn and road games in a movie about a guy that was a telekinetic coma patient. Don't forget Link. Link, the uh, Zelda character? No, he made a movie about a killer orangutan called Link. Ooh, <laughs> nice. In the late 80s. Yeah, the... I think he had something to do with one of the road war. Did, was it Mad Max? Mad Max Did was he... made by George Miller, who is still making movies. Actually, he, uh, so if you want to look at your Australian scene in the late 70s, one of the big guys to come out of there is George Miller, who made the original Mad Max. He made the most recent one, Fury Road. At one point, he was attached to make Justice League, and like they were pretty far into production before they, they had to pull the plug on that one. Uh, George Miller did The Witches of Eastwick. Hmm. So, I mean, this guy comes out of Australia and becomes mainstream Hollywood, sort of. You know, uh, he's working with Jack Nicholson, though. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, there, there's one that came out in 79 called The Day After Halloween. And of course, it was never shot to be a sequel to Halloween, but it was called Snapshot. Uh, and it's not at all a body count movie, but it is like a murder mystery, kind of Hitchcockian a little bit. But because Halloween was such a success, they were like, oh, hey, uh, when you market this in America, it's, it's the day after Halloween. Uh, that one's fun. I don't compare it to Halloween though. It's not nearly that that good. Uh, there's one from '78 called "The Long Weekend," which is just a couple who have marital problems going to the woods in a camper for the weekend, and like, it's insane, right? It's one that on the horror movies group that Travis and I both complain about on Facebook. A few months ago, a woman, you know, much older than me, was like. I saw a movie once and she described the ending of the movie in like a sentence, right? And I was like, oh, I just watched that. Yeah, that's Long Weekend, 78. And she's like, how did you know this <laughs> stupid, obscure movie I was trying to find? I'm like, lady, you came to the right place. Right. It's insane. I mean, how can you sustain an hour and a half movie with two characters and a camper in the Australian woods and make it watchable and still make it kind of surprising and twisty? Is it good? Would you Dan say it's good? Is, Dan is the Yoda when it comes to stupid and obscure. <laughs> I would say The Long like Weekend like... is unique. I would not say it is oh. my favorite of the Australian movies. Now, one that is almost as good as Road Games, and maybe better if you like certain elements of it, there's a movie called Next of Kin. came out in 82. I've heard of this one. You've talked about it before. Next I of think. Kin, I, you know, the, the, I think on the box it says, like, oh, the Australian Deep Red. I don't know if it's the okay. Australian Deep Red, but the last time I watched it, I was like, okay, we're going to compare this to Argento. And it, I mean, it, it tracks that it's definitely in the same kind of, uh, you know, in the same ballpark. I don't know if the guy making it has the skill of an Argento. He definitely doesn't have the style of Argento, but the twistiness and kind of the kind of nightmarish quality of some of the scenes, it's really good. Uh, don't go into it thinking it's Deep Red 2 or the day after Deep Red by any means. But 
if you haven't seen Next of Kin and you like that Argento kind of mid-70s stuff, Next of Kin is pretty awesome. Now, I don't want to spoil the movie yet. Can I spoil the movie? I want to talk about one more scene just to get people on board with going to watch this movie because, guys, check it out. Okay. There is a scene that is so rare in terms of quality of execution. There, there's a tense scene with a public bathroom, right? I would say, and maybe George will agree with me, pretty well played tense scene. Uh, it kind of misdirects you in a very effective way to where like the tension is there, even if maybe you don't deserve the tension for this one moment. But then there is a moment of kind of heroism, right? Where Stacy Keach is going to steal this fast motorcycle and go <laughs> chasing down the road. Yeah. He's going to be James Bond, man. He's going to jack yeah. this car mm-hmm. and boom, he's going to save the day. And he wipes that thing out within like two seconds. Right? Instant doesn't, fail. Doesn't get, doesn't get out of the parking lot. Yeah, he just, he just wipes out right away. I mean, it is such a good incompetent hero moment where it's just like, dude, you are not Batman, right? You're not James Bond. And he just has to like go back to who he is, right? We've established who this guy is as a character. Yeah, I think he lays that bike down and he goes, ah, shit. Yeah. Grabs his dingo and hops in the trailer. Like he go, It's a cool <laughs> moment because you just see him like realize, oh, wait, I have a ceiling as well. And then he has to yeah. come back down. And then he, you know, continues on his hero's journey. But it's just, it's, I've never seen a movie that I, could do it so quick and so effectively and have it fit the tone and, and characters of the movie. I think that there is a better scene in this movie. Go on. That is a tension builder. And the only actors in the scene are Stacy Keach and his dingo. I love that dingo man. It's towards the end when he is so tired. He's like basically falling asleep at the wheel, but not really falling asleep. He's more hallucinating, right? And he keeps messing with the the curtain behind him. It's right after he stops on the side of the road, and I don't know. I don't. I don't want to like give away too much, but um, yeah, he sees the suspect van. He investigates, and then when he gets back to his van, realizes. Oh, no, no, actually, it's before he realizes that the back door was open. Anyway, it's all very, very creepy. But you know it's creepy, but he doesn't know it's creepy, necessarily. Get what I mean? Yeah, no, that, I love that scene. No, it's okay, so good. So, it's dramatic so, irony. You know, the, the dingo knows it's creepy. You know, you watching, you know it's creepy. Stacy Keach doesn't know it's creepy yet. All he knows is he can barely stay awake, right? And... By staying awake, he's hallucinating. And there's like a, I don't know if it's a jump scare necessarily, but there's this whole thing with he's messing with the curtain behind him. Because obviously he's in a tractor trailer. There's a whole cabin behind him or what, or like a space back there. And you're thinking that the killer is in there or he could be. Right. You and don't know whether. That, right. And you're waiting for this entire time when he's hallucinating that gloved hand to come out of the curtain to kill him. And I can't tell you whether it ever happens or not, but it's so suspenseful and it's just him. It's just him and his dingo. 
I don't know. The movie is very good. Such a good presentation for Stacy Keach as an actor by himself. I can't believe. I can't believe. Other than the fact that, you know, this movie is obscure. I get you, Trav. I can't believe you didn't like this movie. I really thought I really we don't. had one that I was going to surprise Travis, and he'd be like, oh, no. thank you, Dan, for showing me this movie. What a presentation like, of I, acting. I get it. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not like, it's not mainstream. It's not, uh, it doesn't have to be mainstream. It doesn't really, f- it just has to be good. And it was not good for me. I can't believe not, you didn't it like it, man. I can't believe it, dude. We're usually on the same page about, well, I mean, this this happened with uh, it's like one movie that, before. The scene you're talking about, I I enjoyed that scene because that's the stuff I like. The Right, but there was walk, a lot of that. Like the whole thing in the meat locker and all that like, Yeah. That's fine, but the shit that took me out, you have to understand, I've said this many times, but it, yeah. it, I don't know if it gets talked over. Or, you know, everybody's thinking of a smart thing to say as I say it so they don't hear me say it. But what I say is. Hi, this is Dan in post. I'm just kidding. I'm screwing with Travis. Uh, Hey, but keep in mind, George loved this movie for 45 minutes. Continue. The acting. If there's something that takes me out of a movie, then I'm lost. Because for me, not lost like I don't know what's going on. Right. You've lost me as a viewer because you've taken me out of the experience. A good movie, good actors, good everything keeps you in the story. For this, the scenes you're talking about, I love the opening scene. Mm-hmm. I love the scenes with him and his dog. I love the scene with him just doing him. Mm-hmm. My issue with this movie is all the filler shit that takes you out of the movie. It becomes a, almost a slapstick movie with the old lady and the... The, the the biker mm-hmm. in pink and the guy mm-hmm. with the balls and like all those things just were so ludicrously stupid and not part of a thriller that it took me out of a thriller. Mm. So I want to feel those shadowy scenes. That's, with the, a, that's a valid complaint, Dan. And, and that's what took me out of it. And then at the end, I'm not going to give away the ending, but... Those things kept happening. Like, even with the tension chase mm-hmm. in the alley where everything gets smaller and smaller mm-hmm. to the point where he's dragging parts of his truck off to continue to go, mm-hmm. you have the Keystone cops that are taking you out of that. Like, right. I don't want that. I want to be tense. I don't, I don't want to see him looking through a meat locker thinking that something's going to jump out at him and the music's going... Like to me, it's just like, okay, where's the tension music to go with the scene that's happening? Except for he was going crazy at that time, like hallucinating and stuff. But that's but okay. fine. I don't need music to tell me he's going crazy. The actor is showing me he's going crazy. Yeah. Hi, this is Dan in post. Is Travis trying to tell us that the score of the movie needs to fit, or the score of the movie doesn't have to fit if the acting is good? I mean, I like cake, but I can't eat it. And also have it. Can Travis? Can you imagine in The Shining, if you got clown music when Nicholson was walking around the hedges? I bet you could do that and make it scary if you picked the right clown music. Uh, maybe if it was yeah. like eerie clown music. Yeah. But not this. Like to me, that's my problem with this movie. I enjoyed those things. I enjoy the character development. I enjoy the tension building. 
but when you take me out of a story, I, I, it's hard for me to get back in. All right, Dan, I think that Travis has a legitimate complaint here. What is this? And movie? it happened a few times. Is it a thriller or is it a comedy? Well, it was. I thought it was well, going to be a, it, a slasher. It, it tries to be both, right? I thought it was going to be a slasher type, like because that's what she was doing at the time, right? And the trailer kind of took me there. You mean JLC? Yeah, and the trailer kind of made it look like it was this, like this. Uh, it was rear window, mm-hmm. but it had, uh, you know, this. Um, there's a movie called Body Double too, which we might watch. Oh, I mm-hmm. hope so. God, I hope we watch all the De Palma right. movies. Well, someone s- witnesses something, and then the whole movie, it's kind of like a giallo, where they witness, uh, what was the one we watched? Was it a, a plumage, where mm-hmm. he witnessed a murder, and then yep. the whole movie is is him either, you know, did he see it, or did he not see it, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mind that. I love that shit. Okay, for but, the record, though, George, cover your ears. There's hysterical there, there, comedy in Body Double. Yes, there is. But it works because he's an actor. Yeah. And he's involved in uh, like acting things. Uh, is it? Hold on, I didn't cover my ears. Good, because actually, like, I wanted your input on that, George. Is it really good comedy, or is it like no, slapstick? A lot of comedy? it falls really short of any. I mean, at one point, yeah. There's there's one moment in Body Double that even I, as a fan of Body Double, every time I watch, I go, "Oh, I still can't believe they did that." It's cringy. Yeah, it's so well, stupid. Fine. And it's from De Palma, who I mean, De Palma has one. Uh, a movie blowout that came out right before body double that is so much more straightforward and unfun. And then body mm-hmm. double is like the fun one with all the same pieces. This one, you can have a fun movie. That's also tense. Like you don't have to just pick mm-hmm. one. But this, this isn't that it's not the fun. Doesn't complement the tense. Like sometimes laughter, people laugh uncomfortably when they're, when they're in a situation, they'll sometimes they'll laugh. Or they'll find humor in something to kind of bring themselves back to, you know, if they were really tense. Let's say you're in a in a moment. It's and a you're coping. Scared. It's a, a coping, coping mechanism, mechanism right. for some people. Yeah, but it's rarely Keystone Cops slapstick. Right. Uh, I don't know. Picture, man. Body Double is picture, pretty. Like that's a funny of all the well, movies you could have picked. That's like the body, perfect body one to pick because it has so much. It has so yeah. much unsuccessful comedy. That yeah, like it's, is it's, cringy, it's not, but it's still a fun movie and it's still a good movie, sort of. It's still a, it's a worthwhile movie to watch. But this isn't. This is a, this is not Body Double. Body Double is like Silence of the Lambs compared to this. But see, George, the thing is, if you'd seen Body Double right now, you'd be like, "But wait, you don't have a valid point because you just made the point." No, that Body I would Double probably I, <laughs> for the same reason that this one's bad. I think I saw Body Double in 1987 and I never watched it again. Oh, so you should watch it. It's fun. I'm it's pretty fun consistent. It's it's like saying okay, uh, let's let's watch, uh, what's a serious vampire movie, and then all of a sudden, it turns into Once Bitten, and it's like oh my god, like seriously, they're they're, it's like watching Silence of the Lambs, and he's like, uh, closer please, closer, and he farts. Like to me, it's like you're you're making it tense, and then he's farting like. It just doesn't fit. So with this movie, you're making me tense. You're making me, you're showing me some some situations where I should be uncomfortable, and in, and then you try to break it by putting in stupid shit. I th- I tend to agree, man. I don't like it. But what what in particular? You said there's Keystone Cops. Other yeah, than especially the, especially at the end, yeah. Other than the ending, Keystone Cops. What other? Th- you said the the guy with the balls in his car. 
Why is that stupid? Is no, it because that, he has no, too many balls in his car, or is it because no, Stacey Keach makes that, a, a comment to himself? That yeah. worked. That worked because he was driving and he was making up characters while he's driving past people. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time when I'm driving. Oh, uh, trying how, to assume what accurate, these people were. How accurate were his characters that he was making right. up for them? That that stuff doesn't bother me. So it's just the Keystone Cops, but then the cops in these no, movies are the, always the, Keystone. No, no, no. It's not the, the just wife, the Keystone the, Cops. The, the accountant's wife was annoying as shit. Yeah. Uh, the 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 biker in the pink leotard he was i mean he's red in my copy so, i don't know what yeah he's, copy. he's red he's whatever yeah i thought he pink was red is a value too. of red but it's like it, it's just it, he's driving around like a pepto-bismol bottle and it's 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 just it's too much no, he was like candy apple whatever. in my version yeah no he was real Splitting red. hairs right what's it's, that splitting hairs right well it doesn't i don't matter know i mean it, he was you know you can't say he looks like pepto-bismol if on our copies he looks yeah, like a big old i thought he was bright yeah. red matching his motorcycle outfit like i do, honestly i don't even remember what color it was i just remember it was stupid does the stupidity have a color people I wear don't know, but he suits was, that he go was with the their color motorcycles that's like a biker thing you see it you know with the kawasaki style like sport I thought, bikes i wish i, I did this last it week it was so red i wish i did this last week i thought it was so red it could have been eddie murphy Whatever he was stupid. Driving it was almost the was thriller Murphy, jacket. It would have been stupid, uh, or not it was, the thriller. It was. Yeah, the thriller jacket or the beat it jacket. Mm-hmm. One of those yep. kind of red. Okay, I'm gonna remain quiet for the rest of this episode because you're <laughs> no, fucking nuts. Please don't. Seriously, it's like I have a legitimate argument. I here, know. You know. And you guys I'm, are. You're, I'm trying to work like, it out myself. I didn't say like last week was like yeah, just not loving it. Nah, that movie was shit. Nah, just that. But no one called. Like no one argued it. Which I guess we should have. Well, that was but, your fault because I. And here I'm taking a legitimate argument. I'm saying this movie I liked parts, but then there's a lot of things that make it horrible. Why didn't we watch Rear Window? I, okay. I, I just don't understand how this fits into our criteria. That's all. Other than the Jamie Lee Curtis, which again she's only in it for 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, it brought so us Trading to, Places and Fish Called Wanda, so it, it also brought us Road Games. Maybe we need to call Jamie Lee. But no one's heard of this movie other than you and Quentin Tarantino. Like, it, this movie, I looked it up. There's three reviews on the entire internet of this movie. <laughs> three <laughs> reviews. It's like, it's like so obscure that I don't even think Jamie Lee Curtis has seen it. Hi, this is Dan in Post. Point of clarification. Uh, 62 reviews on the IMDb for road games at the time of publishing. And the movie's got releases from Scream Factory in the US and Indicator in the UK, both on Blu-ray. So, I mean, I know Travis didn't see it when he was a kid, but people have seen this movie. Anyway. Mm, it's possible. And I loved Stacey Keach. Like, I, I, I love what he did in this movie, what he was given, eh. But I love what he did in this movie. It's just, it, it's a movie that I, I'm... I'm not surprised that no one knows what it is and and whether there are people that are going to think it's good but there's people that think that uh you know a fish called wanda is good Ah. well that's an oscar award winning movie no i think a fish called wanda is good too oh man i mean it's not like i'm telling you to watch rat boy and telling you it's the greatest movie ever made or this you know you guys gotta watch this and then you're basically just bait and switching people now hold on so you can see i i'm on the fence because there have been movies where dan has tried to make me like them by telling me what their budgets were yeah it like clerk for me i don't care how much the budget was right like i still don't really like clerks it's like it's fine it's whatever 
This movie, though, I did not think was bad at all. And I thought it had a bigger budget than it did. Well, last I checked, this is America, and we're allowed to have opinions. Yeah, true. So you can like it, I, and yeah, I can no, hate no, it, and we fine. can go have a beer. Like, it's just, that's the way it is. Yeah, sure. That's fine. And I also agree with you that, like, some of the slapstick stuff was, was like, it takes you out of it. I agree. And I didn't like the killer. I thought he was kind of lame. I don't think it was really about the killer. No, but much. I mean, he was lame. Like, the, the it opening wasn't really scene made him, him really cool. Well, it kind of was. It was about Quid. <sighs> the movie wasn't about the killer. That's kind of like the, that's the, it doesn't that's have the to be about twist. the killer, but when you finally reveal, he's just, he was, he was lame. Like, there, it was about the killer. It was about him hunting down this, this uh, legend that he created while he was driving. Right. So, it's, it's like, you know, seeing Darth Vader for the first time and then he sounds like Elmo. Like, it was just like, yeah. Wow, but this is the guy that's been wiping out 20 women. Guys, does he's the a, dingo even exist, or is Quid really the killer? I think we should probably stop here for people that haven't seen the movie, so we'll speak openly from here on out, uh, so we might spoil it for you. It's a hell of a movie. Even if you know the ending, you're still going to check it out, right? Because it's awesome. Anyway. It's as good as New York Ninja. <laughs> God, New York Ninja's fun. <laughs> what, was the, what was the dingo's name? <laughs> It's fun. What was the dingo's name? What was name? the dingo's name? Was it like it was some big uh, Stockton or no. something? <laughs> it was Stockwell Russ. Stockton. I remember the dog's name. Spoiler alert. It's actually a dog, not a dingo, yeah. which is such a fun little twist that you don't need, but it's like a, a Bosworth. That's the name of the, the dog. Bosworth. Okay, uh, so it's, this is the Bosworth theory. Yeah, the Bosworth, the Bosworth theory. theory. <laughs> yeah. So what if Bosworth doesn't exist? And he does pick mm-hmm. up that hitchhiker at the beginning, and he does kill her, right? And then he mm-hmm. fakes his logbook and then gets away with it. Mm. Pretty good twist. Mm. I've not actually gone through and tried to score whether that's possible, given what you're given, but it wouldn't surprise me a bit if it was possible, especially with his tendency to drive when he's not sleeping enough and well, his hallucinatory this, uh, tendencies well, on the road. Well, di- with this, this, this director obviously doesn't make any mistakes. No, everything that Richard Franklin everything does... Everything is in the movie for a reason. And if you ever see did the I movie miss, Phantasm, you'll know everything is in the movie for a reason. Did I miss a reel on this movie? Maybe. Or is Jamie Lee Curtis just basically in every movie she's in automatically acts like she's known you for like four or five months? Like she gets in the truck, and within two minutes, this is the second instance of the dialogue hitchhiking. and behavior. Yeah, it's our second hitchhiking. Seems it's, like chronologically, she's been... this is her second hitchhiking because this is after the fog. But doesn't and that actually, seem weird? This is the youngest she's looked to yeah. me yeah. in any movie. Well, and she's isn't that weird. She's so good in little clips because yeah, in all weird. these movies that we talked about, she's not like she's not really the primary character in, in anything since Prom Night, right? Because Trading Place is definitely mm-hmm. not the main character. But in each of mm-hmm. those movies, she's so likable, approachable, mm-hmm. but yet subtly different. And in this one, she when you find out who she is, it like makes sense for how she's played the character. That yeah, she's this kind of fly by the seat of her pants, but has the security of a, a important, powerful father. Like that fits with exactly how she carries herself from moment one in the truck, where she is just like mm-hmm. at ease not worried about anything and just kind of open and down to try to track down this killer. Not, the at ease was not the issue for me. It was like, it almost like I missed a page of dialogue. Like they just started 
she already had all this information on the killer and it was like the their dialogue was almost like they had been talking for like an hour and a half and it just seemed w- the the comfortableness wasn't what it, what threw me i oh. almost honestly thought like they had been talking for a while and then i just missed it when it could like, have been that they off. i don't remember the cut i'd have to go back and look but they might have just cut to later on down the road they might have thought you know this no, movie was right when she got need... in well then she it's put the bag just down her and being then she awesome. started talking about the killer like it just seemed very forced it wasn't it wasn't like uh because they were playing the road game and yeah. they were like making assumptions or whatever but it was almost like it was they both had way too much information for that conversation that was not provided, if that makes sense. I know he was getting information from the newscasts. Yeah, and he was also get, getting some some from his imagination, too. Right, but she's, like, able to go toe-to-toe with that conversation with yeah, him. Yeah, she follows She doesn't have a radio with her. She's not hearing what's going on. Yeah, but I think you kind of assume that everyone's listening to the news. I, th- I think... I. I kind of feel like anything that is said on the news on the radio is kind of fair game for any character in but the movie. She's been to out know. on the road, like just thumbing it. Well, but she thumbed it from one point to another, so she obviously was picked up at some point. We don't know by whom. Obviously, right. not Green Van guy because she's she not could, dead. Yeah, no, she yeah, she dead. could have been picked up by just married people. She could have been picked up by Beach Balls guy. Could have been she picked up by the husband up, that's the accountant. The husband, the accountant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she could have been picked up by and she and she had to have been. Right? Yeah, because she couldn't make it sense. down the road. So she... I kind of feel like anything that's on the news that you heard on the radio. Also, this guy's killed like 20 girls, apparently. So this isn't like something that's just happening right now. This is like an ongoing story that anyone in the area would know. So that didn't surprise me that much. That that information is no, kind of No, it wasn't a surprise game. to me. I just I thought I missed something. That's all. No. But I agree. Like She does like kind of just get in there, but... I kind of feel like as soon as she gets picked up, she's looking. She's like looking for an adventure. Like she's like, she wants to do anything but be normal. You know what I mean? Right. Well, she's got to get to to California. Is that where she's trying to go? I don't know, but that's where she ends up in the fog. The fog was before this. This was after she had fun in California. Had to get off the island or off mm. the uh, coast for a little while, so she went to Australia. Sure. Um. <laughs> Uh, by terror train, actually. It was a really weird way to by go. By terror but train, right. She hopped a terror train and ended up in Australia. <laughs> what a weird couple of years she had. Mm. Yeah, for real. I like how uh, kangaroos are basically like Australian deer. Mm. That look like... No, I can't make that reference. You, no, I know, what you're, I know what you're going to say. What? Well, I don't know what you're going to say, but I know the scene you're going to say it about. Because that was also like, what the hell? There's like a large, large Marge scene. Yeah. Oh in, man. In a big adventure. Yeah, I kept thinking about Pee Wee in this. It's such. A... <laughs> that's what it. That's what it was. This movie. <laughs> this movie is Pee Wee's Big Adventure without any of the funny shit. But do you think you get a Pee Wee's Big Adventure if Tim Burton doesn't see Road Games? Probably not. So I mean, you know, you got to build from somewhere. Then let's watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I am down to watch Pee Wee anytime. Anytime, except for the next I mean, like couple if, of weeks. But then after that, I'm done. Any time to watch Pee Wee. Yeah, if we have to watch Rear Window, then Pee Wee's Big Adventure, we get the same experience with two good movies. Can we watch Rear Window next week? We can watch Rear Window in like five weeks, <sighs> eight weeks. We've got a plan here, bro. We got to stick the fungus. Yeah, we got to. We're slaves to the calendar right now. Okay, I can't promise that I'm not going to watch Rear Window. 
You can watch Rear Window if you want to. I'm going to. You might want to I wait, think. though, for the show. Save, no. save it for the pod. <laughs> save it for the pod. <laughs> this week, I watched a movie called Psycho Cop Returns. Yeah. I've oh, never I've seen, seen the original Psycho Cop, I, I, but I have Psycho Cop Returned. And the first time I watched it, I remember thinking like, oh, this movie has a lot of good, but it's also like the shittiest movie I've ever seen in my life. But this time, coming back to it after we've had our, basically after a, a year and a half of doing this show, the killer in that movie is so trying to be the guy from Silent Night, comma, Deadly Night 2. Right, the garbage day kind of killer, but it's set in like a fake Nakatomi Plaza, like it's Die Hard meets Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. Guys, oh man, that's a bad combination. It is so crappy, but I had so much fun this time because going in, I knew how crappy it was. I was like, man, this is a romp. I'm glad that glad I watched it again. (laughs) Okay, Travis would not like that movie. Is what I'm yeah, saying. No, I I, I don't s- even like it, and I haven't seen it. But I go by the title, and I won't. I won't watch it. I was gonna say, Dan, you do you, bro. He doesn't like Keystone Cops or Psycho Cops. I just don't like bad movies. <laughs> I can't. I can't sit there and go, oh, you know, it's a horrible movie. But it was a lot of fun. Like I, that's just not me. I don't like, think it was a horrible movie. This was not a horrible movie. No, but there was just horrible stuff going on that made it bad experience for me. Mm, that's okay. all. It's, it's there's no changing me. There's no silent Peter Weller that's silent, change my mind. Silent Night, Deadly Night was a horrible movie. That was horrendous. That, I can't but believe that movie. I can't believe you broke on this one, and not <laughs> Silent Night. Deadly Why Night. I said I hated that too. I said the only thing that was good about that was the vintage Star Wars stuff in the toy store. Okay, I guess you're right. I did say that. I hated that movie. Punish. But but at least we had like cool fixes. Yeah. Like we were talking about how we would fix the movie. Well, I mean, it sounds yeah. like you would fix road games by just cutting all attempts at humor and mm-hmm. no. changing the score once in a scene. How much did I fucking gush over Scream? Humor works if it's done correctly. It ends yeah. tension. It builds tension. No, you want me to be? You want me to be the victim, Mister Ghostface? Like she's being funny, but that scene is tense as hell. I don't know that. I I didn't laugh. Yeah, I don't know. That's not funny. I left more at Jamie Kennedy being like, (laughs) Jamie behind you. It wasn't funny. Like that. What I'm saying is, they were. She was trying to be funny in a tense scene, Mm -hmm. and it worked. It worked. Okay. For Travis. The gatekeeper of comedy. Uh, she was trying so that's, to be. That's the only scene in the movie you don't like. I don't I think it up. the scene was funny. Saying? All right, fuck you both. I thought it was suspenseful. <laughs> you said she's trying to be funny, and I agree she's trying to be funny, but that's not humor. I might that's be quitting suspense. this evening. <laughs> no, don't quit. We haven't even gotten to next week's movie yet. Can we say something about the ending of Road Games that I just want to? I want to highlight because that it was just... the best part, dude. The ending <laughs> of Road Games was over. <laughs> The ending of Road Games, when the cop puts his hand on the shoulder of the bad guy and is like, ah, you're not leaving, bud. Like, competent police work Again, in a Jalo. Again, another problem. That, that, that scene I had a problem with. What was it? Why the fuck? He had an out. He was gone. They were arresting Keach. 
He had a, why the hell is he backing up so slowly? Takes him 25 minutes to back out of that alleyway mm-hmm. for that cop to walk up behind him and be like, maybe it wasn't, you son, where do you think you're going? Maybe it wasn't that long. Maybe it just it was, felt it was that fucking long, long for the killer. Maybe if he turns and runs, everybody yeah. goes, hey, that guy just ran away and everybody else is standing here. That's not you walk suspicious. Away. You, you walk away. Right. Yeah, exactly. You drop the gun immediately. And you don't run. You, <laughs> you just you walk, walk briskly yep. out you of the restaurant. A, you do exactly the opposite of what Michael Corleone did. Yes. Right. <laughs> Drop the gun immediately. Walk swiftly out of the restaurant. I was just so happy to see competent police. Anytime I see competent police work in a movie like this, I go, you know, you were able to sustain my interest in a, in a thriller plot without having to make the cops 100% incompetent, which a lot of these movies, even the good ones, will trope, lean on bad policing. Mm-hmm. And this one doesn't really do that. I mean, even the kind of goofy I, cops that pull him over did a lot, though. But the, lot. the until the very last, the scene. cops that pull him over are kind of goofy because they're goofy like dudes, but they're doing a good job at their police work. They are competently evaluating I'm his thinking, logbook and seeing whether mm-hmm. they need to keep an eye on him, and you know, they're not wholly incompetent which is what i kind of expect from mystery movies like this okay well they are incompetent though because they obviously think that this guy is suspicious and he's not so they're wrong maybe they're not incompetent but they're wrong and the phone call that he tries to make from the bar right they quid tries to make from the bar terrible scene oh my terrible scene hilarious it's obviously Uh, he's so frustrated by the bad phone connection you know dude i am i think i'm kind of like i'm with trap i see i'm on both sides i'm right in the middle of the fence because i did i did like the movie it had had qualities of it that i like there were gems in it that i loved but like that scene travis is shaking his head i agree that was terrible but like him on the phone trying to explain trying to just report a tip was the cops were so incompetent that he couldn't even he got so frustrated that he hung up the phone. Well, I think he was supposed to have a bad phone connection. Have you ever had a bad phone connection, George? Uh, it's very difficult. I, I, it could be a bad phone connection. I don't know. That's the whole. That's remember, the whole. I don't thing. remember ever having a bad phone connection when I was on a landline. Well, that's because you were a baby. When we used to call long distance, if especially if you got a bad, you know, if it was two or three sections over on the. I mean, you could get to where like it sounded like you were. You know, shouting down an echo chamber. God, I remember one time in the early 2000, like early to mid, like 2005 ish, I had to talk on the phone to India from the United States. And I mean, my God, trying to think about, you know, getting any kind of number to go across or any kind of single vowels, you know, as you're trying to spell things, just forget it. Like, right. The quality of those calls, especially before everything went digital, was garbage. And that's the whole conceit of the scene is that he, he cannot get through to him and then they turn the music on and oh the situation i get you're right when you're trying to make a phone we don't know it was long distance could have been a, a town over yeah i don't think it there was are no distance. there are no towns guys that's the whole i mean the whole point of this movie is there's cities on one side of australia nothing and then cities on the other side of australia right so it, it has to right. be long distance because that's the whole because he's in the middle of nowhere he's in the middle, he's of, middle nowhere. of nowhere but again the the situation didn't bother me it was the it was the dialogue, the writing of it, and the delivery of it. Like, it just was, it took me out of it. It wasn't tense. It was goofy. It wasn't, like, it wasn't dire. It was annoying, if that makes sense. Like, 
I, I not yeah, once whole, did I feel bad for him or anybody. It just seemed goofy. It seemed out of place. Yeah, and the locals were treating him like crap for no reason. Like and that scene like, would have been a lot better if he found a payphone on the side of the road, and it would have been him doing the acting. The situation is there. He's trying to report something. It's going in and out, and and you can hear him it, it can trying. Be the, to it can tell. be the wind. Yeah, messing you up or something. That scene would have been fine because it would have set the tone. He's isolated. He's in the middle of nowhere. He's trying to report a murder. He's following this killer, and the person on the other end of the line can't understand what he's saying. He's repeating, Dimitri, Dimitri. He's like saying stuff to him, trying to get the story out. Like that would have been tense. Yeah, can we take those two scenes and like put them <laughs> side by side? So Stacey Keach is talking to uh, the president in <laughs> yeah. Strange Love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of funny. No, but That'd I mean, so that's good. you guys. I don't know if you guys now just quit. didn't buy into the whole conceit that they can't understand him because the phone connection's poor, and then the guy turns on the music so he can't hear. That that actually it harkens back well to a scene in Deep Red, but of course, I don't know if you guys have seen Deep Red or remember that it's scene. But been a while. It's like I've a, watched it, it three times. It's a straight out of Deep Red kind of thing, but you know, I don't know. Okay, but it does. It it's a good way to show tension, and it's a good way to show. Uh, you know, the isolation. But when you, again, when you do something that's tense and you put it in a Keystone, not Keystone Cops, like a Ringling Brothers clown situation where this guy's playing a pinball and this guy's, you know, bumping the whatever. Like, it's just like, okay. How dare these other characters be doing anything? (laughs) I I kind of I agree with Travis. It's fine, man. I'm not here to fix you yet we gotta i mean if you haven't seen enough movies to know that every time anyone goes into a like a small town bar or small town store where nobody knows them that the trope is that everybody acts like you know assholes because they don't know who this new guy is like that's i mean you described it i didn't get that from a scene oh really i, I get did. that trope i've been watching movies since i was like 12 i did i i to me it was more it was just annoying he got, I wasn't he getting... got a shitty look from everybody in that restaurant or whatever it can be i don't know actually terminator store. terminator sarah connor's trying to call the cops there's a strange guy following her she's talking on a payphone it's a loud club she's knows that somebody's tailing her she's telling the police they're telling her to stay there she feels unsafe completely tense an american werewolf in london two american people walk into a yeah. pub you you immediately know but that's a good movie that's what I'm saying. The, right. you're describing a, a good scene right. of with a bad phone call and i'm right. describing a good scene where the locals don't like the the right. newcomers it's been done many i don't times. like that scene bro i don't like it you don't have to like it <laughs> <laughs> but well, i feel like i have to justify why i don't Nah, i hear you You know what i mean and i feel like I hear I'm, I'm dying on this hill and it's fine you're not dying. I, I don't care. I'm with you for half of it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would have seen this movie when you were seven. I just can't believe I I we've watched we watched this movie before like a thousand other movies. That's all. That's one of the things that bothers we'll me. Let's get JLCs in it. Yeah. Yeah. George wanted JLCs. Not. We gave him a variety of JLCs. Yeah. Can I get more JLC next time? No. That's like my number one complaint. You almost got a whole lot of JLC, but then James Cameron wouldn't let us watch True Lies. Can I please get more JLC? There is not enough JLC in this movie. 
I'm not even sure if this qualifies as no, a JLC it movie. It's not a JLC. It's not a slasher. It's not a horror movie, and it's not a JLC movie. She's Why doesn't this fit into my boxes? <laughs> it's okay. You guys need to be nicer. I'm going to make you watch Phantasm next. That'll hit I'm us on give... YouTube. People, people be checking that YouTube out. No, as long as it's Phantasm with a PH. No, oh, I'm talking about the yeah, one directed by that. this guy. Yeah, no, that not the one with the F. It's phantasm. Uh, it's not. It's not great. It sounds like a. Sounds like a. Phillies baseball no, phantasm mascot. With a PH is is. A lot better than this. I don't know, man. I actually, I might, I might prefer this one to Phantasm. There's with two a PH. phantasms. There's an American well, can franchise. Can we take a pause? Because I have to pee really bad. Yeah, he's doing the pee pee squirm. <laughs> yeah, I got pee pees. Pee pee. Yeah, dance. go do your pee pees. Guys, I think I'm getting better at uh, peeing. <laughs> Critiquing movies. <laughs> Good. Well, you've seen like 50 of them now, so. 66. Like, I'm good enough to recognize the good stuff that apparently only Dan sees. <laughs> and I'm also good enough to, to see the, the bad stuff, which is apparently all Travis sees. <laughs> so I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at this. I only I see it. No, nah, you said you, there's parts that you like. You said there's that. There's a lot I'm, of I'm people just, that I'm, I'm exaggerating. don't like this movie. But <laughs> No, I don't think there are because only three people have seen it. So, Well, no, that, there's three only people have th- reviewed, reviewed it. it. Uh, were the three reviews positive or no? They're, they're people like Dan who have like a... That's um, positive. They're so positive. The, so the three yeah. reviews are positive. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is like <laughs> so this movie has a hundred percent success rate. <laughs> not that it's a bad thing, but like Dan will buy the next, you know, uh, was it the vinegar the, uh, vinegar syndrome four K release f- fourth release of the third movie? Like they just yeah. those kind of people. They're like, oh, it's another version of uh, Toxic Avenger. I gotta have it. Like right, and most people are like, yeah, I saw Toxic Avenger and I really wasn't feeling it. So like, th- most people feel that way and then there's the film geeks and mm-hmm. the and the uh you know the the trench people that are like oh yes yeah, the greatest movie ever made everybody's looking at i'm like uh yeah no well i'm glad that friday right. the 13th parts 2 through 11 kept it fresh for you travis because i remember you liking all of those yeah i'm not referencing those <laughs> i'm referencing like uh <laughs> watching phenomena for maggots or watching uh what do we watch? Silent Night, Deadly Night for I don't know why. Or uh, a bird with crystal plumage for not the bird with the crystal plumage. <laughs> or for the bird with not crystal plumage. For a gray... Uh, prom a, Night a, not good. A GD gray bird. <laughs> that There's gray so bird many, really uh, got into your... Uh, under your skin. GD gray bird. I didn't realize you were oh, an ornithologist shit. when we started this podcast, but now I know. So let's 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 bring this whole thing back to me because yeah, you know, this this is all about me anyway. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I I at the beginning I said you know listen I think I'm fifty fifty on this movie, and I got a, a good angel on and one shoulder, 50/50. a bad angel on the other. That's good, and I think that this is a uh, almost the most uh, predictable outcome. We could have had, hmm. given the circumstances. And I'm still 50-50 on this movie. 
And that's okay. You I know, might... the, the thing about movies is they exist beyond your first viewing. You can watch it later and decide like, hey, today this movie's 70, mm-hmm. 40. And you give it an extra 10% because Dan's tired and forgot how numbers work. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to rewind it. Cause I, st- I, I have it, I have it rented on prime. And what I do is I get to like the last 30 seconds of the movie. And then I rewind all the way back to the beginning and watch it again. So, I'm probably gonna watch this again tonight. You gotta have Meg watch it. Up. This is a good one to watch with a wife who doesn't watch gross, scary movies because it's like she's, scary enough, but yeah. not like super gross. Yeah, she's not. But see, send me the DVD because I'm not renting it again. But she should, and she's not gonna watch it tonight. She's asleep already. But what was the movie with Kurt Russell? But I agree with you, Dan. Go ahead. Where he's driving and. Kurt and Russell. His wife is kidnapped. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. It's like from the nineties. I know of no such movie off the top of my head. It's the same premise, but it's not like it's not like a voyeuristic, uh, you know, rear window type thing. It's more like an abduction. Like the the couple is cr- driving cross country, and they stop at a rest stop to get food and go to the bathroom, whatever. And then, while the husband's waiting for his wife to come out of the bathroom, she never comes out. And she's basically been abducted by a trucker. And the whole movie is him trying to find her. And it just gets deeper and deeper. The movie was tense from beginning to end. And to me, that kind of movie is this kind of movie. But this kind of movie I didn't like because of the things I said. Breakdown. Breakdown. That's what it was. Yeah, it was him and... um, the actress is really good, but she has done nothing lately. Kathleen Quinlan. Kathleen Quinlan. I'm yes. reading the IMDb page. I'm not familiar with this movie. I I was working at the movie theater. It came out like '96, right? '97. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> I'm always within a year. But yeah, I remember for wa- every ten years watching that, and like, what was the other one? Uh, Primal Fear is another one where it's like just the tension. I love tension, and I love the, the the thriller, and I love all that stuff. I just don't like being taken out of it. Well, see, and you have to remember that some movies are tense from beginning to end, and at the end you're like, oh, God, whew, that was tense from beginning to end. And some movies are kind of like tense at parts and fun at parts and then tense at parts and then fun yeah, at parts. They're different. The it's a different thing. don't mix. That, to me, that's where I get lost. Like, Yes, Stacey Keach character saying funny things while following the guy works. It's his yeah. character. They establish in the beginning. He's a bit of a smartass. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, his interaction with the, the dispatcher, all that stuff, good humor, can say crass things to her, and like, like you said, you know, over. Like, all that stuff mm-hmm. is funny, but the tense stuff should be tense. And if you want to break the tension with humor then you have to figure out a creative way to do it without it being slapstick. Because then slapstick, it's like, oh, am I watching Abbott and Costello meet the mummy? Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's scary. There's a mummy, but he's going... (laughs) Like, it's not scary enough. It's just, oh, there's the mummy. Oh, and there's goofy uh, Abbott and Costello. Like, it never gets tense. So when you put tension and humor in the very same scene... And Halloween does it right. I was just about to say, I'm really glad you saw yeah. Halloween before 2021. Because I think we would be having a lot of these conversations if nostalgia wasn't here to keep you. No, but I mean, Halloween does it right. Like, he, he comes to the room. 
to kill her wearing a ghost costume. Like it's funny. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Just, Why is he under a sheet? What? When did he cut the eye holes? Like, how does he know what a ghost looks like under a sheet? He was six when he went to the place. Like, wh- where did he even see that that was an idea for a costume? I know. There's a lot of uh, you really. If you want to be an a hole about it, you can do this to all the movies. It's like I. It's like we. It's like I missed the whole reel of uh of him watching on tv as the peanuts walk by and he's like oh man i get it charlie brown but let me make a better ghost costume hold on i've got some sheets right here and some time (laughs) (laughs) like if you want to pick it apart we can pick it apart any movie and and that's the thing you know if a movie doesn't get your ghost right from the beginning you might be more apt to pick it apart like wanda and and i where you know uh if i would have just been like you know what i'm gonna go with it and this movie's gonna be entertaining at parts and i'm gonna love it I probably would have come out of it like that. I just, I think with Wanda, I had higher expectations because of John Cleese. And I think here you had higher expectations for reasons. I wouldn't dare guess your reasons, but my reasons were John Cleese. I I think Wanda was better than this movie. And it might've been. I don't think it was. It wasn't for me. I like it, but I like it more. You know, I think I like it more. It wasn't having an identity crisis the whole time. Like this one. I don't think this one's having an identity crisis. I think it's just not fitting in your box. Like you've got a box that says thriller and you've got a box that says awkward comedy. And this one's just being itself. And you're like, Oh, which, which one do I assign it to? It's not thrilly enough to be a thriller. It's not funny enough to be a funny, like let the movie Mm -hmm. be itself, man. And it was, it was itself. It'll continue to be itself. It will. And it'll be itself (laughs) when you watch it later tonight and you go, Oh damn it. Dan was right. 51%, 49%. That scene with Jamie Lee walking away as the sun sets and then the storm comes. That scene alone is worth 2%. I'll watch it. I'll watch it again. I'll try. Hey, Travis, what are we watching (laughs) next week, man? I don't know. Travis is like, I don't know if I'm coming (laughs) back next week. (laughs) I don't know. Oh. What are we watching next week? Hopefully a movie that oh. is more well-known. Supposed to be watching True Lies, which we already did the intro for that last week. Yeah, True Lies isn't going to happen for now. We're going to have to come back to that once James Cameron gets his head out of his butt. We are going to start off the Christmas season with a movie called Scrooged. 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 Do you know what that is? What that means? And um. No, it's not how Travis felt when he watched Road Games. <laughs> yeah. Like, does it bring anything to mind? Obviously, Scrooge comes to mind. It's uh, it's deep, 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 deep in my brain somewhere. Mm. Now, we shouldn't take anything for granted. George, are you familiar with the character of Ebenezer Scrooge? Yes, I am. Have you ever From... seen any movies that feature that character? Or are you only familiar yes. with the, the works of Mr. Dickens? Um, I'm familiar with the works of Mr. Dickens. I've seen, I've actually been to the play, right? I got tickets to a, to a play where they did A Christmas Carol, I guess it is. Yeah. And, uh, and A Muppet's Christmas Carol is a staple yes. in my house. So I am familiar with Ebenezer Scrooge. What is your favorite version of A Christmas Carol? <laughs> I mean, how many have I really seen? That's what I'm, I'm just trying to judge. Based on your life experience. Um, like I said, the Muppets one is a staple, man. What about you, but, Travis? I mean, What's think, your favorite version? I've seen... Hold on. Uh, hold on. I think that there was a scene... Uh, not a scene. A version... 
I believe, I want to say that like, do you remember that show? Well, like it was on PBS with a little dog that really like recreates. Yeah, like, Wishbone. Wishbone. So Wishbone may have done it. I'm right? pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, that seems legit. That Wishbone probably did it at Christmas and at some point. If Wishbone did it, I'm sure I saw it. The VeggieTales do it. Mate, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Um. So like the Wishbone version, the Muppets version, the live play version is all I've seen, and I think okay. Muppets is my favorite. So. Oh, it's so weird. But I think I think Scrooged is is a movie that I've either heard of or maybe I've seen like in passing, not really paid attention right. to it. But it's it's like back deep in my in my brain somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm going to watch it and I'm going to recognize scenes from it, but I'm going to connect the dots while I'm watching it, so it should okay. be good. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite is uh, it's like a tie between the George C. Scott version and the uh, Patrick Stewart version. See, and I'm probably either Mr. Magoo or uh, Mickey's <laughs> oh. Christmas Carol. Yeah, Mickey's Christmas Carol's good. These mm. are all good. I mean, it, everybody that does it does a good job. So I hope that Scrooge is good. And I did good. see a good stage play of it, too. Yeah, Kansas yes. City Rep, uh, Repertory Theater here it does one every year. And, like, they have staff all year long to prepare for it. Like, it's their big thing. Mm. So, yeah, every elementary school student in Kansas City ends up going to that at least once. But this one is is one of my favorites because of different reasons. Like, it's just not for nostalgic reasons, but it's it's just it's the story of Scrooge, but done differently. Save yeah. it for the pod, man. Save, Save it for, for the pod. pod. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. You can email us at remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at remedialfilmpod. And if you're watching this on YouTube, keep in mind we're also on all those podcatchers like Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and if you're listening on your Apple Podcast feed, keep in mind we're also on YouTube and there's sometimes a couple of bonus features thrown in. So we'll see you back here next week for the beginning of the Christmas season, Scrooged. <laughs>